Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 89 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, this time during the warm-up, to meet the people that make theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, other fine podcast streaming services, so go back there and uh, and fill your boots, and if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do rate and review us. Um, help us be more discoverable to listeners who have not heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast. Rafe Spall can currently be seen in the latest blockbuster from the Jurassic Stable, and you might even catch me right at the beginning of the film, too. I may or may not get eaten. There are no spoilers in this podcast. Uh, Rafe is uh, fantastic in the film, playing a scheming businessman trying to bend his immediate world to his doing, um, selling all those lovely dinosaurs to the highest bidder. Um, and I suppose the same thing could be said about his role in Hedda Gabler. I mean, no dinosaurs there, but um, when he was playing the unnerving puppet master Judge Brack, orchestrating the downfall of well, pretty much everyone else in the in the Ibsen classic, uh, with Ivo Van Hova pulling out every bit of charismatic suave machismo from Spall. Um, it was it was just a commanding performance, and um, and one that I won't forget in a long time. And I'm really happy that I'm able to bring you this little chat we had as um, as the rest of the cast were warming up on stage. Um, it's not that he didn't warm up; he did. He just um, I, I caught him in between stretches. Uh, I got to sit down with him and, and talk about Ivo Van Hova's rehearsal process, uh, the intricacies of trying to look cool at all times on stage, and avoiding slip-ups on rose petals. You'll have to listen to the podcast to see what I mean. And just what it takes to come back to the stage as not only a theater professional, but a theater professional with a young family. Now, just to warn you, there is some swearing in this episode, so if you are listening with kids in the car, you're going to have some splaining to do. Have a listen. When I was listening to Eva and Patrick, they were talking about the rehearsal process and how kind of unconventional it may have been to other uh, processes yeah. uh, that, that, they, that she had been through or the other cast members, you and your cast members have been through. Um, so was it that unusual for you? Yeah, you? yeah, it's, it's definitely a different way of approaching rehearsing a play. You know, there is a definitely a set rhythm in this country of how we do those things. Mm certain amount of time that we usually get four to six weeks and obviously as I'm sure you've been told we had under two weeks mm. of doing 11 till three in the afternoon uh, so not a lot of time whatsoever and you're asked to know all your lines before you come mm. you rehearse in costume on an approximation of the set with sound cues from the first day so it's definitely a different way of doing things that's um was it disconcerting when you when you because I mean I've never, yeah. never had to be off book from day one. Yeah, uh, but you're not. Just, of course, you're not because you you learn the first half and yeah. then as you're rehearsing you can carry on learning. Sure. So you get a head start. I mean, I generally try and learn as much as I can before I start anyway because it yeah. gives you an extra week or so sure. of rehearsal. Uh, but look, it's definitely hairy. By the time we did our first few previews, I like ninety percent knew the lines. 
<laughs> so genuinely, you know, there will be terrifying moments. But it means that you have to... You bring a lot to it of yourself and you bring... A, you, you bring... I mean, at the risk of being platitudinous, like your A game from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. You know... Um, so but you have to commit, don't you? There's you no do, you do. But it's a thrilling experience because you really feel like you're at the forefront of something. I don't know what that something is, but mm. it's definitely something. Uh, it's a total thrill to be working with 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 someone of his imagination. Uh, and although it's hairy, and it definitely is scary, there's something wonderfully comforting in being a part of someone's extremely clear bold vision yeah because you soon figure out what your role is within the orchestra and uh that is a very clearly defined role he doesn't force down your throat what that role is he leaves it to you to work out but when you work out what that role is it's up to you to sharpen it yeah as you go through the run cool and you because I, I and it is from you you rehearse in um so you talk about that sharpening but like if you rehearse this in, in, in sequence as it were yeah where you kind of get in that you say that two that two weeks um, you, you rehearse the play you don't go do you go back and and go over what you rehearsed before is it just so, so like for instance the bit when I spit tomato juice yeah. over that huge scene at the end we did that twice oh my god and we and we, re- we rehearsed the we run the play once oh my god in the rehearsal room so you're fine. <laughs> so you were finding when you like that first time, even oh my god, that I mean that is that kind of gives me chill bumps thinking about. Yeah, me too. And uh, you know, it's uh, but it wasn't so bad. Mm. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. It it, it 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 focuses you. That's for sure. Yeah, and in this the. In the text, you know, this modern version, like, you know, I don't know if you were familiar. I, I, I studied it. Yeah. You know, uh, at university. Yeah. Um, and seen a production before, but this paired that version with this modern text. Yeah. Um, was It was so much more accessible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, did you find anything new or did, were you aware of, of the script? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I, I, I'd read Christopher Hampson's version... Right. Which is far more loquacious. Yeah. But you know, this the thing about this version is it's very close to the literal oh, translation. Yeah. And it has been the prerogative of different interpreters to adorn the text. Mm. It's not a negative thing. It's a no. wonderful thing. It's no. a good thing. No. And, and but. Uh, this is a totally unadorned text yeah uh and it's been a cha- it's a challenge mm. it's a challenge <clears throat> it's a challenging adaptation and a challenging text to perform your I mean uh, your physicality I, th- I think there's a lot that's said that's I mean basically Patrick's kind of gone don't need to say that don't need to yeah. say that because there's so much in the physicality everyone has their own physicality yeah. on this day and just the way you move is incredible like how you just there's a 
a swagger so you, when you just, you just kind of go oh god yeah. I don't know what, what this guy is well you kind of know through yeah. his physicality what he's capable of yeah. you don't know when yeah. he's going to do or yeah. if he's going to do anything yeah. and I found that interesting what wasn't yeah. said yeah yeah absolutely and that's uh, it's but what that is is an exercise in precision because on a space this huge this exposing this bare any mannerism or gesture that isn't full yeah. and powerful makes one immediately look weak. Yeah. Which means that rather hilariously a few times I've been trying to be as sexy as hell and I've slipped on a flower. <laughs> which just like blows that shit out of the water. Like I did it I did it on Saturday night, I was like like just like doing the suavest walk ever over to the sofa and went and slipped right over so it's like well that's just blown the whole fucking thing um, so that's funny but yeah it, it's you know it's not a way it's not a style in which I'm used to performing mm. but it's definitely made me it's added stuff to yeah. my to my arsenal yeah it's cool you say that, that about the space because it is a massive stage for a the size of the cast when we first got on it I was when I first got on it I was like this is ridiculous so it just means that every movement needs to count yeah. because I do a lot of walking up and down walking around this huge thing and every walk and everything has to mean something because if it's in any way muddy it's uh, it means that you're playing an off note in your role in the orchestra yeah yeah and, you you, and you, just the travelling that you do from, from you know the entrances off stage and from the back yeah. and yeah and also, we, we, you know, I, I have a thing when I'm right at the back of the stalls and I'm talking to her across, yeah. you know, 600 people or whatever. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's odd. It's yeah. odd. It's, it's been an odd experience. Well, you guys definitely, you talk about being in an orchestra, the symphony is definitely working. And, Good. And it's a, you all are in tune. Um, last question. Yeah. Uh, you don't mind. And I ask everyone this. About, yeah. Um, you know, we all... We, we all have our, you know, film and television, whatever, careers and credits yeah. and everything. But, you know, theatre, there's an itch that definitely needs to be scratched yeah. every now and then. What is it for you that brings you back to the theatre? Like, the, you know, we're sitting on Littleton stage and, like, there's a there's such a magical place. What is it that it is. brings you here, you know, um, and makes you go, I, I have to be on stage. I need I need to do this role. That's a very good question. And I think... and, 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 and the answer is that it's totally inexplicable. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's a huge pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> it really is. You know, I've got three young children. Yeah. All under five. And wow. it's killing me. And I, I go for one minute to be like, this is it. I'm never going to do a fucking play again. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I can't do this for at least another 10 years unless yeah. the, until the because I, I genuinely believe also that the stress and the pressure of opening a play takes a year off your life expectancy yeah, yeah. but then I'm like I want to play all the great parts yeah. and I want to do them on stage and <clears> my <throat> theatre career is the thing that I'm proudest of yeah. it's the thing that I can hold my head up high about and know that that as as uh, grand as it may seem a statement not everyone can do it so to know that you can do something that 
not everyone can do is a nice feeling I guess yeah. but it it's bloody hard and yeah. you know <clears throat> but there is the feeling that you get from standing on a stage in front of 900 people disturbing the particles in such a way in between you and that group of people that you nor them will never forget that moment and you know that and you can feel that in real time and that's uh, the, as as high as this shit gets yeah. Uh, but yeah it's insustainable with young children <laughs> that's for sure right thank you very much yeah. that's awesome Rafe Spall there as uh, just before he went on stage as Judge Brack in Hedda Gabler at the National Theatre uh, and that happened last year if you are a theatre professional you need to head on over to curtaincallonline.com and set up sign up set up a free page or sign up for a free profile page that's right the operative word here is free all you have to do is create an account with an email address make up a cool password and away you go you can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curtain Call, all one word, all lowercase. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned, or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. That's John with an H. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Race Ball, the National Theater, and the entire company of last year's Had a Gabbler that was on stage at the Littleton. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.